Hello, and thank you for making the merge. Today we're covering Survivor as a whole. My name's Scott Clark. Joining me as always, it's the Todd to my Amanda. It's Daniel Roby. And as a special treat, joining me, the Parvati to my still Amanda, it's Giles Hardy. Podfather 2, thank you for joining us. You're welcome, I think. Okay. Uh, I, I, I barely know how to deal with you, Amanda, but uh, that's fine. Uh, as we mentioned last week, we've brought uh, Giles Hardy, who is a, uh, a, a critic, uh, an observer, an appreciator of uh, the, film the, and TV. The technical term, the technical term we of the unemployed set use is entertainment commentator. Uh, ah, the- but that, yeah, it covers <laughs> yeah. all of those things without implying a full-time job. Yeah, that's the phrase I use too. <laughs> well, yes, and and now you get to add survivor commentator to your to your long and illustrious list of uh, list of doings of comments. Yes, uh, you may have you may have heard Giles on his very own podcast. You may have um, you may have seen him on ABC uh, or heard him on the again the ABC, but largely it's the ABC at the moment. But yeah, look, look, I was the entertainment editor of the Sydney Morning Herald for a while. I was managing editor of College Humour for a bit. Uh, now, yeah, just uh, on the ABC radio and TV and uh, writing for whoever will let me pay, well, whoever will pay me rather to write for them. I'll be honest, mate. The pay here is shit. Yeah. No, look, I just want 50% of whatever you guys are getting. <laughs> Deal. Um, so, as, as, as you can hear, Giles is infinitely more qualified than us to talk about uh, kind of the, the inner workings of uh, TV in Australia, having worked... Both- Dare I point out that, again, I think that infinitely more is a bit like the 50% of your salary. Uh, I can yeah. be infinitely more qualified than zero and still be zero. <laughs> so, that's fine. <laughs> As, as, as someone who's known you for a while, though, I can say that Giles has worked uh, inside television, both in the role of producer and working at networks, as well as working, writing recaps and reviews of the television industry on a whole. Is that fair? That is not only fair, it's accurate. So I don't know how to argue with it, but I, I'll try later. Fantastic. Nice, ABC. What's Will Anderson like? Is he nice? Will's lovely. Will is, uh, you know, Will is one of the uh, the better people to work with. Should we just work through the ABC personality list until I can't? Until I sort of pause and say I I, I choose not to comment. Yeah, yeah. To be fair, the uh, the the way that we introduce this podcast, as well as the hello being a, di- a direct steal from one of our favourite podcasts, the the pun that I throw up front is is a direct nod to Corinne Grant on the Glass House, who used to start every episode with punning on Will Anderson's name, uh, something that Giles and I used to keep an eye out for. Yes, and that Will has since turned into a means of naming every single comedy tour he's ever done. Yeah, I do wonder if Corinne's still on a retainer for that one. All right, boys, let's bring this one back on the rails. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we we have asked you to come in and talk a little, from from an insider's perspective, a little bit on uh, kind of how how some of the basics of TV uh, have been working. We've we've taken it upon ourselves to make some quite sweeping generalisations and assumptions uh, throughout throughout our coverage of the season. We thought it was probably fair fair to bring in a fact checker. Um, So kind of the first thing I wanted to ask you about is that uh, we've... We've made some assumptions and some comments about choices that Channel 10 uh, have made in Australian Survivor, um, but I kind of wondered where does the line sit between the, the decisions that Burnett Productions, the same guys who, who are making both the Australian and the American Survivor, uh, and Channel 10, where does that line kind of sit usually in television? Yeah, look, I, I think uh, it's it, the, the short answer is you're both accurate and inaccurate. Um, the There are... 
as ever, thousands of voices uh, involved in in the way that a, a television show gets made. Um, so what happened with what happens with Survivor is Survivor is is officially uh, owned by a company called Castaway Productions. Uh, the most famous member of whom is Bob Geldof, uh, oddly enough. Uh, he is the uh, one of the three investors who first plumped money towards a show that I think got made in Scandinavia the first time. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so they uh, have been making the... Now, I haven't got the numbers in front of me, and I apologise for this, but it's something like... Uh, it's been made in 32 territories and ha- there have been hundreds of seasons of this show made now. So, uh, you know, it is a, a case where uh, th- we are not the first... I mean, obviously, this isn't even the first time that, it's, that Australia has made a production, but this isn't even the first uh, non-American uh, territory. It's been made everywhere and in all kinds of ways. Uh, so what happens is uh, Castaway sells the rights to... A, a network in another country. Uh, in the first instance, and I think you did go into this uh, a fair while ago, uh, Nine originally in buying the rights back in the day when reality was the new river of gold. Uh, Nine, as part of that deal, were forced to make a local production. Uh, so they were obligated to, and I think what we saw in Nine's Survivor Australian was a television network that blatantly were forced to do what they were doing. Oh, and it was a belter. Yeah, it just, I mean, it looked like a hostage scenario uh, had made had made a television show. And so, you know, ultimately, A, the reality series uh, formats aren't just as, auto- they're not as automatic a hit as they used to be 10 years ago. So the, uh, the companies don't have quite the power when negotiating with local networks. But at the same time, uh, they lost the, uh, I think they lost the impetus to do it because there was time and time again uh, local versions around the world when when networks were forced to do it uh, were uh, the yeah the local versions just sucked because essentially you had networks who just had no interest in making it work. So it was sort of like the equivalent of when two boys in the schoolyard are fighting that handshake that they're sort of forced to do under the supervision of a, an adult. Just sort of a begrudging sort of I have to do this and I clearly don't have my heart in it. Indeed, if if you, uh, if, to my mind, the greatest example of it in Australia is Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you remember the uh, Queer Eye uh, Australian series. If you don't, congratulations. Uh, but it lasted all of two episodes here, and th- that show, I mean, was <laughs> you know, it was huge, and then it disappeared. But when that show was big it was one of the biggest things going and you know everyone thought oh the australian version would be awesome and i think if there'd been an organically grown australian version it might have been but it was hideous because a network that had no idea how to make it themselves uh, were left <laughs> yeah. to do it so they tried to judge themselves exactly well well put well put yeah so <laughs> i'm going to i'm going to leave queer eye just sitting there um as a sad uh you know cast away nowadays itself but yeah so to come back to your original question uh 10 comes in they buy the rights because they've had a bit of success doing this uh lately they've they've essentially had to reinvent themselves as a network uh in the last i will call it five years and one of the things they've done is is brought in formats that weren't working um in one one example is actually their own master chef oddly enough they just kept going with when any other network would have let it go uh and they successfully sort of reinvented it 
uh, and managed to make it work. Uh, so then they also looked at I'm a Celebrity, which has obviously been a bit of a success for them, and then The Bachelor, and then The Bachelorette. And so this is the continuation of that. And what they've done is they've used the same uh, production company, uh, which is, uh, you know, the, the a team of, you know, who essentially one of the three companies in Australia who make reality television. Uh, and then they, in turn, have had to work very closely with Castaway Productions. They've brought over uh, crew members. Quite, apparently quite a few Australians have worked on Survivor at various points in various crew roles. And they've... Definitely. Uh, they've yeah, they've, they've hoovered them up uh, and used them uh, fairly extensively. Uh, and then they've uh, managed to do that. So... One of the running jokes in the American series is that whenever someone's get injured, uh, the, the medical team always comes out. Uh, and it's at that point that there's just Australian accents just twanging all over the shop. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, and, and then, of course, I think, uh, you know, there's a, in the current series in the US, is an English doctor, isn't it? So, I mean, you know, they, they love to, uh, you know, keep all of that, uh, you know, they, 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 basically, I think there's a whole bunch of uh, other countries who are aware that there are islands in the South Pacific, which still confuses a lot of Americans. Uh, and so they're the ones who've uh, managed to uh, put it together. So, um, so yeah, so essentially, uh, the, uh, as far as we can gather, uh, it works. I'm trying to work out how to, how to best guess the the scenario, but uh, there's there's a someone who is the uh, the business development uh, person at Castaway Productions is Julia Dick, uh, and Julia Dick is the person who has worked really closely. She's apparently uh, attended the 45 locations around the world that Survivor has ever filmed in, and she is closely involved with every production of Survivor that gets made. And so she's the one who has uh, basically allowed uh, the the team who are making this version to do all their stuff, but she gets, I, I would suggest, a very strong say in it uh, to make sure uh, that, that uh, she... Uh, that it doesn't tarnish the brand any further than Australian Survivor has in the past. So one of the big things that we've we've had questions about has been uh, what we would call the timing of the show, but I'm sure has a much much more technical name. Um, essentially, how many how many hours they show a week, and how how many episodes are going to be in a season? Um, is the, is that a Channel Ten call? It, yeah, that the ultimately ten. The network has two big things they control uh, and t in differing versions. So uh, one of them is, yeah, the amount of time. So uh, historically, Survivor's done a couple of interesting things. They did live Survivor in Italy and Spain uh, where they actually wow. you know, were crossing live to the island. And whilst that's strange, that apparently was where they worked out you could do two or three episodes a week. So that... We're not the first to do that. In fact, in um, Colombia, I'm led to believe, they did a stripped version. And when, when a show is stripped, that means it runs five nights a week. So it's what they do with um, uh, The Block, essentially, and uh, with other shows. Other Big Brother was, was stripped by Channel 9 as well. So that isn't that stripped means nothing to do with uh, whether it's being undressed or anything uh, weird like that. It has to do with it being run as a strip across the week. So. Right. Live would be such a fascinating vibe. Imagine if Michael Scoopin fell face first into the fire while they were recording live. Oh, look, imagine watching, you know, some of these people put on the spot live and not being told, okay, you can have another go until you get a full sentence put together. Um, <laughs> that too. Yeah, Lee really would not. I'm just speculating, but I don't know that Lee had come across that bright, nor Sam, if uh, even as bright as they did. But look, yeah, I, I'm... 
Could be wrong. Maybe they were just making that up on the spot and they were very good in propos, but I don't know. But yeah, so there's been done various ways. What I suspect basically happened is that Channel 10 said, look, we want something. We need it to be more than one night a week. Uh, the the way the networks are using the reality shows is they sort of, uh, 10 in particular, has had that sort of beginning of the week reality show and then the Wednesday, Thursday reality show. Uh, we see Bachelor and Bachelorette sitting in that block. Uh, and so they would have said that they wanted this for two and maybe even three. I, I doubt they didn't have it in the back of their mind and wouldn't have discussed the expansion to three episodes a week because it happened very quickly, which means that it wasn't, you know, suddenly it occurred to us. Uh, so what they would have done is they'd had that in mind, they'd have talked to Julia Dick and the team at Castaway and worked out uh, the means, the best way of achieving that. So they get to choose the timing. From yep. from what, what you're saying, um, Castaway will still have a lot of control about if not every decision, the parameters that um, that the Australian production house are able to operate within. Yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. There's a te- the production team. Uh, you know, will have a huge uh, role themselves. They they make all these calls, but they'd run all of the uh, they run all of the big ch- decisions past. Uh, past the, the people there. So it's Endemol Shine who are the... Uh, yeah, they, they make essentially all of the reality shows uh, for 10, and, and they make quite a lot of them. Like they do The Voice, they do MasterChef, they do The Bachelor. Uh, so they know how to make a reality show. They then yeah. work with Castaway, who are the ones who then... <clears throat> put together uh, the, you know, the, okay, he, they would have delivered a Bible. I think it's important, you know, people may not be realise that when you buy the rights to these shows, you get handed the Bible and uh, that is both literally a massive tome which outlines how long every aspect of this show should work down to the stings and the shots of a crab walking up a beach. Uh, by the way, please stop showing me the crab walking up the beach. But, <laughs> you know, they have all of that detail through to then ratios and edits. So, and and I know uh, from listening to you guys, there's a, a lot of detail uh, that uh, the audiences go into in the and US this is version. Something, where they, and this is definitely yeah. something that the first two Australian series were missing out on because the, the first two just weren't looking for cues off the American series at all. And that's all we as fans really wanted, just sort of as, as a sort of security blanket because we know we're getting a certain product. And this season is most certainly, they've definitely been um, taking almost all of their cues apart from some of the, uh, the gameplay decisions uh, straight out of, yeah, I guess that tone. Yeah, and 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 they do, and and then they would, uh, you know, uh, Endemol Shine had come back and say, "Oh, is there any chance we can do this, that, or the other thing?" And you know, uh, I'm sure that for the most part, Castaway said yes, yes, no. We tried that in the Latvian version, uh, and it was a huge disaster because it turns out the island sinks. Uh, so you know, they they'd be applying <laughs> the experience from the uh, ridiculous number of versions of this show that mm, they've done, mm. uh, and so they they get that. And sorry, I did indicate. Uh, I said before there are two things that the network could sort of do. One is basically decide the amount and the timing. The other is the promos. Uh, and weirdly enough, the networks are massively uh, – they, they are very territorial about promos. So if you ever watch you know, the show and then look at the promos and wonder how the two are even vaguely related, it's because there are promo cutters within the networks and they won't even talk to the production companies usually. Yep. I don't know that if that's the case here. That makes all the sense in the world, yes. Yeah, 95% of the time you'll find production companies just whacking their heads against walls whenever they see promos for shows they're making because they can't understand why. The sh- the, yeah, the classic one for me on 10 was always uh, The Good Wife where uh, it was a complex political drama except according to the Channel 10 previews which were invariably about next week they have sex. 
I, I, I often feel like I'm getting a lot more of the production house version of my life than the promo version. Um, I don't know if there's someone that I can talk to directly about that. Well, it turns out that's why no one's watching your life. That, ex- that explains a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sp- speaking of trying to attract some eyeballs, um, we, we have been quite open about the fact that a, that a large part of this podcast is trying to ensure that there is a Survivor Australia 2017 for my boy Daniel Roby to appear on. Um, we've we've spoken a little bit about uh, kind of the raw numbers uh, and some of the key demographics in a little bit of detail in covering um, in covering the survivor throughout the season. Um, I know that there's a lot more complexity, especially around the concept of second watch um, and what some of those numbers from uh, the first watch extrapolate out to. Um, can you tell me a little bit about, if not the numbers themselves? Um, how Channel 10 will have felt about the performance of the show? Look, uh, yes, I can certainly speculate on all of that. Um, the, there's a, uh, there, are, there are real numbers out there and, um, you know, the, uh, the, these numbers, are, it's one of those things where there's the raw numbers, there's some context for them, and then you get the question of how the network feels about them. So... Uh, to, to the only the closest thing we've got at the moment to a, a comment on record from Ten is uh, Stephen Tate, who's the head of Light Entertainment uh, at Ten, who has very much indicated that we can expect to find out on November fourth whether there'll be an Australian Survivor next season. I won't speculate on which series they would refer to it as. I suspect they'd just say season two. Uh, but November 4th is when you get what's called the upfronts for Channel yep. 10. And the upfronts are the big announcement where they say everything that's going to be happening in 2017, half of which won't appear in 2017, but that's an entirely different conversation. Uh, but that will be clearly where they're intending to let it know. I think they'll be looking closely at the figures over these couple of weeks. Uh, but the question is what figures they're looking at, because the Historically, when we do reporting, um, the numbers that get looked at are the raw, uh, the, the raw number for the live broadcast in the five metropolitan capital cities. Uh, and if that sounds which, sorry, which just for a little bit of context has been the number that we've been using for our Wednesday podcast. Absolutely, it is. It is the standard number that's referred to. But ultimately, if you the moment you listen to that, you realise how spurious that is i mean you know why do the five capitals matter uh more than you know the territory capitals or that other state capital uh but you know there's that was a long time ago the agreed number but uh, the companies and the uh the various advertising agencies and media buyers etc who are involved in this have all started basically taking a greater interest in various other numbers and the it's largely agreed now that the catch-up number should be included Absolutely. I mean, there is a very massive part of the audience that is overseas. Uh, I can tell just from the the hits that we're getting on SoundCloud, not to mention that one of the biggest Survivor or reality TV podcasts in the world is doing an Australian Survivor weekly podcast. So um, that that all should most certainly be taken into account, I would have thought. Well, yes and no. Catch-up numbers, yes. They couldn't care less if someone in the United States is watching this version. In fact, they would rather they weren't because one of the things that uh, Stephen Tate's talked about is they've already had overseas pickups of this version. It's being broadcast in New Zealand and uh, various countries around the South Pacific, I believe, and they're hoping hang, to... Hang on. Was New Zealand not the other capital that you were talking about? 
Oh, oh, we're getting that way. Well, you're going to be really upset then when I tell you, that, do you want to know the current version of Survivor that's being filmed? Is the first version of New Zealand Survivor. So <laughs> a few weeks from now, you may have to start podcasting about Survivor. Bro, you're not my <laughs> sick. <laughs> I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. You're not my real dad. You can't make me watch that. <laughs> oh, t- t- tell me you don't want to see Survivor New Zealand, I which don't is want to see. curious. Yeah. <laughs> but it's in Zimbabwe. That I mean, there's going to be such a clash of accents there that <laughs> it's oh, going to be like the weirdest. On. That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah they, they're going to play beach cricket, and everyone in the rest of the world is going to completely fail to understand Survivor. But that's um that's something else entirely. Uh, but yeah, no, the uh, there are a couple of countries that it's being shown in, uh, and they. And Channel 10, because they own this series, they want to see it being broadcast, you know, in tens of countries on ridiculous cable channels that uh, that like to do uh, these sorts of things. So, but yeah, look, they have said they're very intre- they're very excited by it because uh, the numbers they're getting now. Okay, just looking at the last week, Survivor on Sunday did, and this is that five capital city live number, six hundred sixty thousand. Then did seven hundred sixty thousand on Monday. Um, that sounds. Well, I mean, for those who look at these numbers, that sounds weak. Uh, the magic line for TV used to always be one million. Uh, that magic line, particularly for Channel 10, uh, disappeared quite a few years ago. Uh, there's a couple of crucial things about that, though. One is that 760 on Monday is a basic... I think it's only about 10,000 off what the, what the first episode got. So what 10 will be really happy with is they've retained pretty much their entire audience. Uh, and when you look at something like uh, Zumbo's Bake Off, uh, Just Desserts, rather, I should say, uh, that lost its audience. And so it, it sort of it got a big hype and then never found it again. It's a much better sign that you'll be able to grow season on season if you can keep your audience the first time and there's a sign that they're hungry for more. Uh, the other numbers that are worth looking at is just off the last week, X Factor did 815,000 and then 798,000 Sunday and Monday. So that's only 100,000 more. And in the demographics, it did significantly worse than Survivor. So that's a show that Seven were worried had gotten too old uh, and that's why we have the X Factor next generation this year because they're convinced that they can somehow make uh, if you put the next generation next to the title it suddenly becomes appealing to young ah, people. it's the new new Coke. The new class. Yeah, young people <laughs> from the 1990s but young people apparently uh, and then the other number that's worth looking at is The Bachelorette which last Wednesday did 624,000 and last Thursday did 613,000. Now those numbers are slightly down on Survivor, and there'll be people out there who you know, who are listening to this who might be able to recall numbers for oh, yeah, I'm a Celebrity or for various other things, but at the moment, the networks almost have to only compare to what is on air at the same time, because none of those numbers two years ago would have been enough for this show to be on next week, let alone yep. next year. Yep. So... It's a, you know, I don't know if you've heard of the internet, but it's quite big uh, <laughs> and it's, it's really hurt the networks and they're still trying to work out what the new reality is. And uh, so there's a reason we're getting a lot of drama at the moment, Australian drama. It's because it essentially is reality has lost its shine in the last couple of years and it's now back to a point where Australian drama does as well, if not better than reality shows, which in terms of a wider uh, canvas and, and a, a, you know, a broader uh, stretch of programming that's great news but in terms of these reality shows a couple were were just axed probably prematurely on the basis that it was presumed that format was dying when it turns out the entire genre was just having a complete recorrection uh so i i think 
the numbers for Survivor are strong because the other thing we haven't talked about is that 10, we don't know the actual figures, but 10 have indicated that the numbers they use to judge the catch-up over the week, because uh, they've said 10Play has had record numbers on this, uh, but they've also said that however they judge social, they're very, very happy with the social figures uh, on this, and there are millions of different ways you can uh, count your clicks with social media, but uh, they, when they announced Bachelor Season 2 at their upfronts a few years ago, uh, they said the reason they were renewing it wasn't on ratings, it was because it had won social media. Uh, and I suspect they'll feel much the same about Survivor. And the fact that um, uh, the news limited press this week and the last week have suddenly been going very big on Survivor, uh, they've been reporting it, but they've sort of upped the ante, I think is the, the final sign I'd say that there is... Uh, there's scuttlebutt out there that there is a season two coming, uh, and you know when you see the uh, the news limited press chasing it, that means that they feel that this is now uh, a big enough story. Well, this, this all sounds very promising. It sounds like we are going to get a second season. Um, one of the byproducts of this first season for me has been because uh, you're a very very nice man, and a very loyal friend. Uh, you have been listening to the podcast before this season of Survivor, though. You weren't a big Survivor fan, is that right? I had probably watched a grand total of three hours and I wouldn't even be able to tell you which seasons it was from. Um, but I was, I was pleasantly surprised when uh, I, I was uh, having dinner, dinner with you and your lovely wife on, on Sunday evening that you guys were both genuinely excited to watch the show on Sunday night and that you guys were even talking about the American season. boy. Yeah, no, we, we are uh, trying to watch uh, the uh, Generation... Uh, the, the the millennials versus Gen X season. Um, if Channel Nine would like to come up with a somewhat regular uh, pattern for that, I'm happy to provide high fiber diets or whatever's going to help them with their regularity. Uh, but they're they're making that a bit hard. Uh, I, I I discovered, but perhaps or just rice. I don't know. Uh, but the the bit where they suddenly uh, acted like uh, Sinapo after a chocolate feast and dumped everything uh, on one night, uh, they uh, yeah that was that was awful. We didn't even get to see who'd voted. It was you know I think they're doing internal edits. So I'm struggling with the US version. But no, uh, we have been uh, hardcore uh, Australian Survivor fans this year. Uh, and in fact, and this is the test, we've been watching it ahead of X Factor. We're watching both at the moment, but on the uh, the DVRing. Uh, Survivor gets watched before X Factor and gets debated a lot more. Oh, good boy. Welcome and get down with the sickness. As, as, as well as being a man uh, of uh, immense knowledge and experience in the industry, you are a man whose taste I greatly admire, so that's fantastic news as well. Um, Giles, if uh, people are wanting to read a little bit more of what you're writing and what you're doing at the moment, do you want to let us know where we can find you? Well, firstly, I'd advise them to see their doctor. Uh, but uh, on the basis that they you know, can't afford that under current government legislation or whatever, uh, I, you can find my stuff at getflicked.com.au. Uh, well, actually, just yeah, contact details. But, yeah, usually find, if you sort of look me up on Twitter or, you know, the likes, uh, yeah, Giles Hardy, um, or just listen to the ABC. I really just, on your local radio, I'll just keep t- turning up and talk about TV or films or musicals somewhat bizarrely. But, uh, you know, I'll talk about anything for a complete lack of paycheck. So uh, on that note, thank you very much for joining us, Giles. Uh, the, the lack of check is in the mail. Um, we've got to gibber on like a pair of idiots now. Um, so uh, hopefully we'll get you, get you back to talk again soon uh, after that November the 4th date. Okay. And look, I, I just go, Matt. I, I don't think you're going to win, but go, Matt. Amen. I couldn't agree with you more, mate. He's my boy.
Oh, yeah. I reckon we can wrap it up there. Thanks so much for your time, Giles. We really appreciate it, buddy. For sure. And that'll do it. That will just about do it for this more nuts and boltsy, more analytical look at the game that we all know and love. Um, thank you very, very, very much to the podfather, Giles Hardy. Um, you can find old mate at getflicked.com.au or gileshardy.com, G-I-L-E-S-H-A-R-D-I-E. Uh, thank you very much, matey. Uh, all your help over the previous weeks has been very much appreciated. Um, good on you, pal. Um, so, yeah, that does it for us. Um, I guess the next thing to look forward to is finals week. Come on. Really, really looking forward to see how this final five takes shape. Uh, personally, uh, Maddie, in your corner all the way, my friend. Really hope you get there. We have our suspicions, but hey, we can dream. Again, thank you very much for listening, guys. Thank you for patting the rats for the use of our theme song, The Captain's Dead. That is from the album Tales from the Docks. It is on Spotify. It is on iTunes. If you haven't bought that album yet, why haven't you bought that album yet? So yeah, if you want to get in contact with us, jump onto our Facebook, at The Merge Podcast. Jump onto our Twitter, at The Merge Podcast. And yeah, that about is it. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Peace. 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 Peace.